Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Before you listen to the episode, I just wanted to record this quick introduction to let you know that for this episode, we're doing something a little bit different. We have a guest, a very good friend of mine, Jennifer Minotti. I mean, excuse me, Jennifer Liberta. We have a very good friend of mine, Miss Jennifer Liberta, who I've known since high school. And she is going to help me review the film Spy Kids. So this one, you're not going to hear audio from the films like you normally do. Because instead of, instead of using audio from scenes for the films, we're going to be talking about it. I wanted you guys to be able to hear someone else's voice besides just mine. And I wanted to mix things up a little bit. Uh, let me know what you think. Feedback is always welcome and suggestions for improvement. For the next episode, we'll go back to what you've been hearing in the other episodes. You'll listen to the trailer. You'll hear audio from different scenes from iconic films and new releases and etc. But for now, I just wanted to mix it up and try to give you guys a little bit of variety. Thank you guys for your support. Here is our review, and by our review, I mean our trash talk about Spy Kids for Episode 7 of Central Florida Film Review. Have a blessed day. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Central Florida Film Review. Uh, my audience is slowly starting to grow with your help, and I cannot thank you guys enough for your support. Uh, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, hit, hit us up on Instagram, and uh, please consider donating to the podcast. If you have the resources, we would appreciate any and all support that would allow us to get better equipment and resources to make this, the sound quality of the podcast that much better for your listening pleasure. And tonight we have a very special treat. One of my friends, Jennifer Liberta, is here tonight, and she is our guest of honor this evening, and she is helping me review, and by review I mean professionally trash, the original Spy Kids film from back in like 2002, 2001. And she has been a friend of mine since high school. And she is family to me. Not like family, she is family. And I'm so glad to have her here. Jen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, by the way, her her uh, name on Instagram and Facebook is Jetty Media. So hit her up. Uh Check out her YouTube channel, which is Jetty Media. That's uh, capital J E, capital T, capital T I E, Media. And become part of the Rock Mafia. Subscribe to her YouTube channel. Watch her Twitch live streams. She does fantastic work. She's a 3D animator, computer animator, sketch artist, and jack of all trades, and graphic designer. And she does amazing characters and amazing recreations of other people's characters uh, to pay tribute to artists or animes or anything that she's a fan of, and you'll love her work. So hit her up, show her some love too, and watch some of the videos she posts. Trust me, you will not regret it. Always a good time. And hey, if you ever want to learn how to draw, tutorials right there. Um, but uh, yeah, so like really glad to have you here. Uh, 
And guys, if, for those of you listening, just bear with us. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the day before Mother's Day. Didn't exactly have a chance to make an outline. It's a hectic weekend. But tonight we're reviewing Spy Kids, first released in 2001. It tells the story of nothing. It tells the story of absolutely nothing. It tells the story of two kids that are somehow secret agents that work for an agency that works for the President of the United States, which for some reason is George Clooney, and they have to save the world from... from... I don't even know how to describe it. This... The guy from Goldeneye that flips the pen and says, I'm invincible. They just... That he's... They think he's trying to... What is it? Uh, that he's trying to control the minds of children it's really weird the his minions are gigantic living thumbs in red shirts Wait, it's that i completely forgot about the thumbs until i looked at the wikipedia page and that was something that i suppressed deep into my memory <laughs> I never yeah and and i will say we'll say in all fairness Spy Kids, it was designed to be a kid's film. It's in the name, Spy Kids. So it was marketed specifically for children. I get that. Jen gets that. Okay, we'll cut him a little bit of slack because of that. But here's the thing. When you see a film like Spy Kids released by Dimension Studios, and then you compare that to other films that are marketed for children and families, the production value is a no contest situation. Oh, yeah. Why? Films and Troublemaker Studios, you know you're going to be in for a wild ride. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, compare it to a Disney film, for example. Disney's always been making films for kids and films for teenagers and films for families. It was one of their things that, hey, we're the house of Mickey Mouse. We're the place to come if you need family-friendly entertainment and entertainment that has action, but isn't going to give your kids nightmares. And with a Disney film, like, for example, The Lion King, Toy Story, Bambi, whatever, those films entertain you, including if you're a kid, but they teach you lessons along the way, and they have production value and plot and actual graphics. Spy Kids has none of these. Spy Kids is about people... Honestly, it's about people being diverse and having some kind of, like, high fever and being on a weird trip until their temperature goes down. Let's be honest. I mean, there's a scene where the brother, J uh, J Judy Cortez, J Jordy, I forget how to pronounce his name. Judy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Judy. It's actually Junie. Junie, yeah, with an N, right. And there's a scene where they're in some kind of submarine heading to, quote, a mysterious island... And he's using a gigantic robot hand to evacuate his nose. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, yeah, all right, we're really going highbrow with this film, aren't we? You gotta remember, like, back then, that was the coolest thing to kids. Like, everyone wanted to be a spy. Like, do you remember those toys that you would get in, like, a McDonald's Happy Meal and be, like, the little gadgets? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that oh, that's true, and I mean to be honest, it makes sense because, uh, what? 
about four years earlier, five years earlier, you had Disney release the live action, the first out of two live action Inspector Gadget movies, and it it went along with what you said. You know, everybody wanted to be a spy or be a secret agent or have something that could come out of their head and fly them from one place to another so they didn't have to learn how to drive. And it was a fad. So. Fresh out of the 90s, anything goes in movies at this point. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was open season. Uh, it, it was a different time. Bush was president. Pierce Brosnan was still James Bond. And graphics and video games, especially by today's standards, were one of two things. Either ahead of their time or terrible. And then they tried to make a video game out of Spy Kids. As you can imagine, it was terrible. Um, but I think that one of my favorite things about the movie was that I can't remember if it was this one. I think it was. I do. I think it was. The in-laws show up. The in-laws show up. The parents go to try to save the kids on the island of the weird dude in the coat that looks like he killed a couch. And they... The mom and the father, who was, the father was played by Antonio Banderas, and they try to go save... Huh? What was it? Um, wasn't Machete in this movie? Yeah, he plays the uncle. He plays Antonio Banderas' brother, yeah. And then the mom was played by... Uh, I forget her name, but uh, some some red famous red-headed actress. But she... She and and Antonio Banderas go to save Junie and Carmen, and ah, that was the sister's name, Carmen, and they get lost. Antonio Banderas gets lost, and because there's something wrong with the tracking device in their submarine, because Junie and his sister destroy the tracking devices so that their parents can't come find them, so they won't be in danger. And then the in-laws show up. The wife's mother and father, who Antonio Banderas can't stand. And the grandfather is Ricardo Montalban, the guy that played Khan in Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. And he's talking to Antonio Banderas, and he says... Did you really come here without a backup plan? And he said, I have something that can help you find them. I gave Junie a necklace, and I made him promise that he would never take it off. Plugs it into the computer of the submarine, and there's Junie. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I get that you guys all work for some, like, spy organization that protects the United States, but... Here's uh, my problem. Um, you're tracking your children through two things. Okay, the necklace one isn't so bad. I mean, it's still a little helicopter parent, literally. But you, the, the, the way the kids were able to get you guys lost in the first place was they took out tracking devices that you had in their teeth and destroyed them. I'm like... What dental monster puts tracking devices in someone's teeth? Yeah, that's pretty gross. 
and then the grandfather's still tracking them with a necklace. I'm like, guys, that you know, I know they're your kids, but privacy is a thing too. There's a balance, oh, man. But and then they get to this island, and none of it makes any sense because the basic points make sense. They're trying to stop someone from taking over the world with technology they have, but the technology is really stupid because it just turns people into either weird cartoon monsters or into giant thumbs that wear red shirts and shorts and like giant hand beans. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, as a kid, I enjoyed this, but now I look back I'm about to be 25 in about two weeks. My birthday's coming up, and I think, what was wrong with you, Harover? Why? Produced by the same guy who made Sharkboy and Lava Girl. See, that explains everything. <laughs> Not trying to be judgmental, but that explains everything. I, oh God, I remember Sharkboy and Lava Girl. I watched it as a 10 or 11-year-old. And I, I didn't hate it, but I made the mistake of getting it on DVD. And then I watched it again several years later when I was 14. And I wanted to actually destroy the disc. I think, who was it? Who was it written by? Robert Rodriguez was the guy. He made Chuckboy and Love Girl for his kids. He made Spy Kids just for the hell of it. And, yeah, they just, it's like, look, Mr. Rodriguez, I'm not judging you. What, what what you do with your money is between you and the creator. But please, stop. Just just stop. I mean, do something else with your kids. Take them camping. Teach them how to fish. You know, do something that doesn't involve green screen or a camera. Please. I do have to say, though, the movie poster does look a lot cooler than the actual movie is. The poster for Spy Kids? Yeah, it actually it does. They make it look like it's going to be some epic thing, like Casino Royale, but for uh, like for eleven year olds. And then you look at it and you find out, of course, it's not. It's what would happen if Inspector Gadget, a ginger, and child children's comedy had a kid, and then that kid became a movie. Um. Oh, and what there was. Uh, Oh, one thing that didn't make any sense to me was there were these giant creatures all over the island because the guy was creating them with his, uh, with some kind of weird machine. He was able to make them from cartoons and ideas that he came up with, and he would draw sketches of them. And Junie somehow tames one of them. It's this giant spider cyclops thing with a staff. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't believe I can remember it. it. Yeah, it was this giant one-eyed brown thing that was like had the midsection and head of a cyclops and arms, but then its lower body was a spider and eight legs. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't believe it. You guys, what drugs were you on? You created a minotaur, but it was a cyclops and a spider version that makes fun of the legend of minotaur, of the mythological creature. And I'm like, I just can't, I can't look at it the same anymore because it's awful. And some of it is, 
some of it's computer animation and then some of it's like computer animation mixed with claymation and it just looks awful um and junie somehow tames it and gets it to be his best friend and act like a giant pet and protector for him and carmen and then it dies saving his life from something even bigger and much more dangerous um Oh, and uh, the guy that's on the island trying to use the technology to rule the world and everything is actually someone that works for their organization. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. In a movie that's so, so sophisticated, you guys had to include the dramatic plot twist of a traitor among us. Oh, my God. Uh, One thing that really made me laugh is... I think this was Spy Kids kind of foreshadows bad entertainment because even though it was a movie designed for children, there's one person in it that would go on to do something for Disney. Years ago, I can't remember the actress's name now, and I don't think anybody cares anymore, but years ago, Disney came out with this abomination of a sitcom called Hannah Montana. Oh, are you talking about Emily Osment? Yeah, I think so, because she, if Emily Osment is who I think it is, she's the blonde that becomes Miley Cyrus's best friend in Hannah Montana. I'm actually ashamed that I know that. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, I'm ashamed that I somehow know that. Um, you know, the budget for this movie was $35 million. You want to guess? much it made back two uh 148 million are you serious yeah hundred and four oh yeah wow actually come to think of it man we what were we thinking what were we thinking jeez um hundred and four god that's whew. all right i mean go rodriguez i guess more power to you man uh Yeah, they yeah, Spy Kids 2, Spy Kids 3D, Game Over, and then years uh, another one that was a spin-off where the like the kid that played Junie is an adult and he comes back and there's a new generation. Oh god. And the fourth one had some weird stupid smell card that you scratched off at certain moments in the film and I'm like, "Really?" I never watched the Say it again. Yeah, neither did I. I I made the mistake of seeing all three, and I was I the fourth one came out in like 2013 or something, and I just saw the trailer for it, and I immediately knew in my head I could feel it. This is gonna be a mistake. Like this is gonna be awful. It's it's like they made the mistake of making Cats and Dogs too. Cats and Dogs: The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Was it as good as the first one? Not even close. Same pro- same problem, different franchise. Was actually s- probably worse than the third one. And that's saying something, because the third one was worse than the first one. So, yeah, if, if, you, guys, if you guys haven't seen this, don't. If you want something to watch with your kids that won't teach them anything wrong or 
make them have trouble sleeping at night, okay. But as far as you yourself, don't waste your time. Just don't. It's it's not worth it. I think if you want to take a deep dive into what movies were like in the early 2000s, you should at least indulge and, like, you know, have that nostalgic feeling. Yes, and then send send me a letter and I will donate to your therapy sessions afterwards. Um, but, it's yeah. that bad, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and like Jen said, it's the early, early 2000s. I mean, this movie, I think, came out the same year 9-11 happened. This movie came out in the summer of like 2001 or it might have been a year after in 2002 i can't remember but this this movie is ancient and uh the early 2000s were a very different time in the film industry uh and the stereotypical film style was vastly different no matter what the film was for for instance if you compare like the toby Maguire spider-man trilogy which was the first time we ever saw Spider-Man in a live-action film, to the Avengers movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man, you notice the differences immediately. Different example, but same principle. Uh, with If someone were to make a movie about kids now that were spies, it wouldn't be like Spy Kids. It would probably be more like a spoof off of the Men in Black films, especially the later ones. And then it would have, I don't know, insert two kids here that their parents are forcing them to act to live out their dreams and be selfish. I don't know. But, um, okay, that's mean, but it's, let's be honest, sometimes. But, yeah, very... I, mean, I think... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I think one of the reasons why it didn't age so well is because it was trying so hard to be relatable and edgy. So, like, when you watch it now, it's just really cringy. Yeah, that's true. There <laughs> there was there was Emily Osment, and then, I don't know the actor's name, still don't care. There was an actor that plays her brother in the movie, and because their father... It's like... She, her character was named Greta, and they then her brother was someone else, and Junie's sister, Carmen, who has, um, is part one of the two, two main protagonists, she has a crush on the brother, but the brother and Emily Osment, the blonde sister, who for some reason has really weird, like, Donkey Kong 64 style pigtails uh, are helping the main villain because the main villain is their dad. And Carmen has a crush on the guy and they try to include that in there too. I'm like, you you realize this is a, a movie for children. Don't you think it's a little bit too complex to include a love interest or a crush? You have to have a love interest. You know that. Huh? You always have to have a love interest. In a movie for 11-year-olds? Yeah, why not? You gotta have some kind of, I mean, you gotta let the adults enjoy it, too. All the characters were kids, except for, except for, like, 
four people, but most of the characters that aren't computer animated are children. <laughs> I see your point, but I'm like, all right, this, oh man. I just feel like but that. Be... I think, uh, Carmen is supposed to be like 12 in this movie. So she's like preteen, like she's starting to like boys and stuff. So it makes sense. Yeah, okay, you've got me there. Yeah, I will admit that, technically speaking, it's not... Yeah, when you put it that way, it's actually not that unrealistic. It's it's nauseating, but it's not that unrealistic. Sorry about that. I forgot to turn my phone off. Should not have said that out loud. I will edit that in post. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, give myself enough break, enough of a break to edit in post, and there we go. Uh, so... I have to say, all in all, like Jennifer said, if you want the early 2000s feel, then yeah, hit this movie up just for the sake of the nostalgia part. If you're looking for quality entertainment, no, Spy Kids is not the place to go. Get Avengers Endgame, get Netflix, get something, but uh, but walk away and uh, examine other opportunities. Uh, I will say I'm trying to develop a career in radio and possibly a side career in narrations for voiceovers. So I'll give them credit in that because it was still a Hollywood film, it did have pretty decent sound quality. And that's something... Every movie should have good sound quality if it wants to be at least semi-worth its salt. It should also have plot, but one step at a time. And the audio for the movie actually was fine. They, they recorded it on microphones that were industry standard. They knew what they were doing. They did hire a crew of people that were professional to make it happen. I'll give them that. And there was one scene at the end of the film... Spoiler spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, I, I really hope you don't care. I'm sorry. I, normally, I try to be very courteous about spoilers, but guys, please promise me as a friend that this is the one movie where you won't care. Um, but there's a scene at the end where they do this, this concert and pretend to be someone else, and somehow their uncle who is played by the actor Danny Trejo, who is the actor that played Machete uh, back in like 2012, I think 2010. And he gives them these devices that when they wear them, Carmen can sing like she's freaking Mariah Carey or somebody like really talented and way better than her voice would be capable of doing at that young of an age. And Junie is somehow the greatest guitar player in the history of 11-year-olds. And it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool because of the music they chose for it. The joke in it was kind of funny and the music they chose for it. I think it's actually the best scene in the whole movie. Uh, and yeah, it, it was, it was interesting. It was intriguing. Uh, but yeah, this movie doesn't have a lot to offer. And not trying to be a jerk about it. We get it, you know, Mr. Rodriguez or whatever his name was. I mean, he decided to tap into what kids fantasized about or something. And he made millions of dollars off of it. So kudos to him. But 
you know, like I said, if you have a choice between this and Avengers Endgame, if you're, if you're honestly, if you're age like 13 or older, please choose Avengers Endgame. You know, stay on target. Um, I mean, despite how much like money this movie made, it's it never improved visually. <laughs> like the graphics were always really bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I tried to be nice with the sound quality thing, and the audio actually wasn't that bad, but the graphics were pretty terrible. The motion capture was kind of kind of awful. The, the type of computer animation they chose was pretty bad. It, to be fair, yeah, the technology was still relatively new because it had only been five or six years since, for example, Disney released the first Toy Story movie. And Toy Story was the first ever all-computer-animated film. So, okay, computer animation at that point still was not that old. I, I sympathize with that. But the way that they chose to animate, the particular style of animation that they chose to use with the technology and the money they did have available just doesn't look that good because they tried to make it l look like it was a kid's film. And in some ways, that diminishes it because it, it makes it feel like you're watching, like, Animal Crossing and James Bond had a child. And it just, I don't know, it just doesn't mesh together well. Even though it's a comedy, it just doesn't, it somehow it diminishes any hope of being able to take it seriously. business but it turns out their most recent film was ugly dolls in 2019 okay that's uh, astounding and here's my problem the title ugly dolls makes me wonder it's like okay is it a spy kids movie where the characters are dolls that are alive and it's a toy story spoof or is it some sort of horror movie where dolls are attacking people and getting their revenge for years of neglect. It's an animated movie. It's like Trolls, um, except if I remember correctly, um, there's ugly dolls and then like regular dolls and there's like this discrimination kind of thing. I don't know. I think it flops, but <laughs> I wouldn't recommend watching it. Yeah, that, that already makes me sound like I sound no that makes me feel like i need a glass of ginger ale no 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 thank you um discriminate god that, that's another thing that's annoying to me I, that, that's one thing that i actually like about spy kids back then movies didn't always try to make a point movies entertained now a lot of movies use politics but they put the politics in the story so they don't automatically say the message but they actually kind of do because it'll be in the dialogue there's metaphors for it in films and it's kind of annoying because a film whether it's for kids adults teenagers whatever insert demographic here should be a way to entertain and enjoy time with friends and a way to get away from it all a film shouldn't be used as a tool to indoctrinate or to politicize unless it's a movie that's like a documentary about some kind of an issue. It should match. You know, you shouldn't constantly be trying to put an agenda in a medium that was meant to entertain and to make someone happy. 
when Walt Disney made all his films, he wanted to put a smile on the customers' faces. Yeah, sure, was he in it for a little bit of money? Yeah, it was a business, but he wanted a business that helped make people happy and helped people unwind from stress. And the film industry should have taken from that example and followed that example, but... And for a while it did, but now, ever since about 2009, 2011, movies have slowly, gradually become more and more political and filled with subliminal messages. And there are two types of subliminal messages. There are subliminal advertisements that say, hey, after this movie, go buy a Diet Coke. That's really not that harmful. That's your prerogative. But then there are subliminal messages and subtle hints that say, hey, you should believe in this, or you should be politically correct about this, or you should uh, accept this, or learn to be whatever more considerate about this. And it's a waste of time, it's a waste of extra money, and it's really not fair because you should leave that up to the parents, not try to use a camera to make it happen. So Spy Kids, you know, usually I think stayed away from it. I didn't notice any major issues with it. I mean, little kids aren't even going to pick up on that stuff anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, Other movies, older people, okay, sure. But yeah, at the same time, it's like I wish it didn't happen. Uh, So, you know, that's one flashback. That's one thing that I kind of miss about the older days of the film industry. Plus... I will say, as much as Spy Kids, again, is not the place to go for quality, worth the popcorn entertainment and worth the price of admission entertainment, it did come out before we had run out of ideas. Now America has made so many films and shows that we've run out of ideas, and we need to start accepting more new blood because the networks and the film studios keep either making the same movie all over again continuing a trilogy or a saga of movies that should have died long ago. I'm looking at you, Fast and the Furious 9. And, or they, and this one, I I think I actually might hate this one the most. They take famous movies that came out 20 years ago, and they turn them into shows on NBC. It's like, coming next summer, Lethal Weapon, the series. That's a terrible idea. You know, but anyways, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's really, I think that's all the time we have. I think that's all we can really cover. Uh, I mean, Jan, unless you have anything else to add, feel free. Uh, this movie is trash. (laughs) That's one thing that we love about Jen. Not only is she one of my best friends on this earth, but she is loyal to a fault and honest to a fault. And it's 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 great. It's very endearing. So, and if there's anything, by the way, also, I, if there's anything you want to promote or mention that you're going to be doing soon, feel free. You know, guys, like I said, she has a YouTube channel. She has social media. Uh, follow her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Her. We don't have a Facebook. Huh? Not for like public use. Oh right, yeah. We'll follow her on um, Twitter. Uh, check out her YouTube channel, uh, Jetty Media, and uh, she does live streams on Twitch sometimes where she'll create a character there in real time and create a sketch of something. 
and uh, they look fantastic. Uh, so follow that. But yeah, if there's anything that you're going to be doing in the in the, like the next couple of weeks or anything that, that you want to mention, feel free. Um, if you are interested in com- um, costume design, I do upload to Instagram a lot about that, and uh, just nothing really new besides that. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Really glad that uh, you guys are safe and everything, and glad you could be here tonight. Thanks for having me. I had a good time. Yeah, likewise. Uh, Guys, thank you for listening to this most recent episode of Central Florida Film Review. Uh, Next week, we'll be getting back to some other more mainstream films that are designed for adults and people of all ages, and... In the meantime, guys, stay safe. You don't have to stay in your houses all the time, but if you do go outside, you know, go jogging, go fishing, get creative, stay away from crowds, and uh, don't do anything crazy. Good night. All right, perfect. That that will work. Cool. I feel like we were all over the place just because we didn't really have, like, a plan, but it was cool. Yeah, I mean, sorry about that. I should have come up with one. I didn't, I recent, I, I couldn't watch the movie again because. Yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere. Man, what does that say? <laughs> but yeah, uh, that and uh, I recently had to pay some money to my college because 